Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. I'll be flying solo here on this one today. Margo apologizes, but uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up here, and she is off with the kids doing some stuff. So um, you've got me today, but uh, we have a very special episode. It'll be a little bit different because I'm going to let the interview that we did with Uniel Diaz be the heart of the show. I think his story is one um, that, you know, it just encompasses why we should be doing what we're doing and why we do what we're doing and kind of puts uh, attitude in a different light because I don't think I've met a race car driver that that has an attitude like, like Uniel. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know his story until a couple of weeks ago when he had a big wreck and um, actually... Looked like he was going to be done, had a bunch of stuff come together, and he was able to get back on track um, th- through the kindness of others and, and just his his overall pursuit uh, of his newfound passion. So uh, we do have quite the interview with Uniel. Um, very glad that he was able to take the time uh, to come on here and, and just talk to us for, for quite a while and tell his story pre-racing and, and now in, into this uh, passion that he's found. So, um, of course, we will hear from Uniel in the second part of the show. We're also going to cover the events at New Smyrna Speedway, another successful family fun night that, yes, I am still recovering from for my long jaunt down the front straightaway. Uh, for those of you that may have not seen the video or weren't at the racetrack, um, after the uh, kids' bike races, uh, <laughs> some of the track employees brought out water balloons to throw it at Tyler because they saw that video online of the flagman getting pelted by water balloons and they decided to sneak attack Tyler, and I was down there. And then somebody thought that uh, it'd be fun to see the announcer caught in the crossfire and encourage the kids to chase me down with some water balloons. And I was able to avoid a few. And you know what? I, I really don't like, probably shouldn't say this, but I really do not like being wet in a setting where, you know, outside of a water park or a setting where I know, like, I'm supposed to be getting wet, like at the beach. Um, I, I hate being wet in a dry environment, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And those kids came at me with the water balloons and I was able to swat a couple away. And I was able to, uh, at, at one point it was like, well, fight or flight, right? And I'm not fighting my way back up through all those water balloons. So I hauled ass down the front straight away. And I haven't run that fast in many, many years. And yes, I felt it. And of course the day before, uh, earlier before coming out to the racetrack, I slammed my foot in the door and cut my Achilles uh, to the point where it was bleeding and it was a mess. And that feels, re- if anyone's ever injured your Achilles, um, it feels real good wearing a shoe, as you know. Uh, so I'm running, hauling ass down the front straightaway, trying to get away from these kids who have way more energy than I ever will for the rest of my life. And um, I hauled ass up, turn number four, and back to my my post. And then the best part is I get back up there and I'm out of breath because I'm old and out of shape. Um, and Ralph tries to throw a water balloon and it just bounces off my belly and hits the ground and explodes. Um, that was a very fun experience. And, you know, I'm at the point in my career where, you know, if that had happened to me, I I would have been so embarrassed me running down the front straightaway in front of all these people. Nowadays, I just don't care. Like, you know, I I heard people laughing and yelling and, and, and cheering and stuff. Um, it's all part of the show. It's all for fun. I, I really, I just go to the racetrack to have fun. And uh, I've been doing that a lot this year. Um, yes, if you've listened to the beginning of the season, you know, I was a little down on some things, but I've, I've just, you know, I just go and have fun. And these family fun nights have been fun. So uh, we'll hit the New Smyrna family fun night. We'll, we'll recap all the action and drama there. Talk a little bit of points. Um, after the break, we'll hear 
Uh, Uniel Diaz, driver of the 111 Mamre, will hear his story uh, in a great interview that uh, that that will take that will take up a, a good portion of the show. After the break, um, we'll head to Nashville. We'll cover the NASCAR race at Nashville. And then we'll go around the state. I think one other track did get to race. So we do have a little bit of around the state. And then we're going to go up and uh, talk a little Thunder Road as they have a big week of race. And they have two races that we'll talk about on the next show, Thursday night and a Sunday night 4th of July special. So um, all kinds of great things to talk about. Plus a little uh, quick preview in the first half of the show of the Clyde Hart Memorial, which I think is is going to be the best Sunbelt Series race of the season thus far. I think we're going to have a decent car count. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. There's a lot of great divisions, features only. I cannot wait for this Saturday. Um, so let's get into the show. But first and foremost, I have to thank our sponsors. Now, uh, we did add a new sponsor on this week, and the list is growing, and I really, really cannot thank you guys enough. Um, it means a lot to me um, that this many people would have their names attached to the show. Um, if anyone really wants to know, why I do this show. It's it's for stories like Uniel and to get people out there and to keep this sport out there. And your sponsorship support helps, you know, keep the motivation going and, and just it, it really helps. And, and I hope that putting your name, your business out there uh, helps generate a little bit of ground, at least keeps you keeps you in the know of the core audience that listens to this show. So big thank you to American Auto, of course, our anchor sponsor along with 124 Welding and Fabrication. I can't thank those guys enough. Um, EJ from American Auto and Ron from 124 Welding and Fab. Uh, they've done so much for us. Uh, you know, EJ taking our car into his hands and, and doing great work uh, to get our brakes on there so we can go on our trip here in a little while. Uh, Ron D'Alessandro uh, providing the studio artwork, the Racing with Ryan podcast, uh, which I'm looking at right now. I love it. It's absolutely amazing. He does great work, and he's just a genuinely good person. Um, we also thank Andy Morrison and never give up, uh, for his contributions to the show and his contributions to, uh, racing as a whole. I mean, he came on board, got O'Reilly Auto Parts on board, extra money for the Bomber A's and Bomber B's last week. And, uh, just can't thank Andy enough. Buy his hats. If you see him in the pit area, I know he's selling his hats. So, uh, he's never give a, never give up hats for sale. They're very nice. Um, we also thank Jeff White Racing, big supporter of the show and big supporter of New Smyrna Speedway. And they've been along for, or been around for a long, long time and, uh, the next generation of whites is uh, on track now, and the emods and the trucks, and uh, you know, always great having those guys. And I can't thank them for their support. Can't wait to see some trucks and emods back on track. Feels like it's been a while. Um, our, our one of our new sponsors, who we got to thank, and uh, big shout out to Seventy Motorsports, uh, Chris Seventy, with his best career finish, a podium this week that we'll touch on here in a little bit. So congratulations to Chris, and a big thank you to Seventy Motorsports coming on board. Uh, Doug Samian as well. Um, you know, I, I, he's such a nice guy. Every time we go through the pits and I know he's been in some kerfuffles this year, but Hey, that's super stock racing. And I'm so glad to have him listening and supporting the show. And I know he got some merch and stuff, so we're thankful for him and, uh, you know, interested to see what he's going to do this weekend. And it was good to see Lindsay, Lindsay back on track here last weekend. And our newest sponsor, got to thank these guys, Bromley Motorsports. Um, they've been around the track the last couple of years and they're a great family, um, coincidentally, their son's name is the same as our daughter's name, Peyton. Um, just, I mean, a, a great family, always fun to talk to They're, they're kind of goofy, happy, go, happy, go lucky. Um, but they're serious about the racing and they've really taken the next step this year. Uh, so I can't thank Bromley Motorsports enough for coming on board and just being a, a great presence at the new Smyrna Speedway. So, and of course, big thank you to our listeners as well, keeping the show going. Um, and, and I promise I'll stop with all this and we'll get into the, get into the, 
the good stuff here. Um, but I, I can't thank you guys for listening. With Without this show being attached to a predominant Facebook page anymore because Facebook took down the podcast option on any pages. So it's not like I just took it off New Smyrna's. Facebook dropped the feature, and uh, that was helping getting us out there a little bit more. I, I it, it helped you know, with, with a few clicks here and there, but I, I know our core audience is still here because the people that were telling me they were listening are still telling me they're listening. And it's quite a few. And sometimes you all surprise me with who actually listens to this thing. And I really appreciate it. Um, you know, so if, if you can make sure you subscribe, uh, Spotify, we're on there, we're on Apple podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to our, our homepage at the, the podcast.com. Um, you can always go to podcast.com and find the podcast on there if you're having trouble finding it or just ask me, I'll send you a link. I know Ralph was telling me he used to listen and it's not on the page anymore. And he's like, what did you do? Quit doing it? And I said, no, 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 we're doing it. Um, so make sure you find a way to subscribe so that you can stay up to date with it. And, um, make sure you go back and listen to the last bonus episode. I had a lot of fun doing that, covering one of the crazy pro late model races featuring the rivalry between Jet Nolan and Jamie Skinner that came to a head during Speed Weeks a couple years ago that uh, had a crazy finish and a a kind of an underdog feel to it. So go back and check out that bonus episode. And you can go to Speedway Video. Big thank you to Speedway Video and, and Tom Stout for uh, taking the podcast audio and actually overlaying it to video. So if you want to listen to it in podcast form, please do support the show here. And then uh, go watch it on Speedway Video so you can actually see the, the video along with the podcast. Watch them both. Because uh, it, it's kind of a different perspective when you when you watch it each way. So, um, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you are enjoying the show. I'm definitely enjoying doing it. And again, uh, Margot says she's sorry she cannot be on the show today, but she will be back next week. So let's go to New Smyrna here. Let's start with our local track spotlight, if you will. Um, family fun night, five dollar entry, five great divisions in action. And uh, I'm going to start from the bottom up. We had the 602 modifieds back in action. Um, you know, this is a division that runs for free. I know there's a lot of chit chat, and, and I said it on the, I said it on the hot lap on the tracks page because I see a lot of back and forth between the ground pounders and the 602 mod guys, uh, hating on each other and hating on the other class and and watching each class, almost under a microscope, trying to nitpick things and and pick on people. You know, there there's a driver in the 602 mods that goes on every speedway video, and makes fun of a certain family, and that's just uncalled for. Um, I get it. You know, there's a rift between a couple of the, the guys in each group and they've separated. You have the ground pounders and the 602 mods, um, kind of the same idea. They race for fun. I know the 602 mods are trying to build themselves up. They're trying to get a more sophisticated rules package, um, for next season, but they're trying to build the class. And yes, that's why there's a few things that are not like the other out on the racetrack right now. And yet one side wants to go after them for, you know, well, anyone with a an ear can hear those are not all 602s. Uh, they don't get teched. It's, they're trying to lay the groundwork in the foundation. And then you got the guys from the 602 going after the the people on the, the, the Florida Southern Ground Pounder side. And it's just, you know, hey, we, they, they couldn't coexist. They've separated. Just do you and worry about you and come race if you want. And, and I'd really like to see the back and forth stop because I'd like to see both groups prosper because I feel like they are both great additions to the show and I enjoy having both sides there. And I don't have a, I don't have a gun in the fight. And I hope that either side doesn't think that because I've, I've made little chirps at, at both sides about things that I see 
And I just want, I want both to succeed. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. I really appreciate both sides, the 602s and the Florida Southern Ground Pounders for coming out, being part of the show, adding to the show, because there are great people on both sides of the coin here. And I, I would love to see both of you flourish, not tear each other down. With that said, 602 Modifieds had uh, 10 cars show up. So, you know, the, the car count looked good. And I know they're not all 602s. You don't have to you don't have to get on Facebook and yell that out. Just let them grow their thing here. Get a rule. Yes, they need to get a, a rules thing going forward to make this a, a true 602 class. And in time, it will happen. They've had meetings about it, blah, blah, blah. So and enough of that. Christopher Hatton did pick up the win in the 61 car, his first 602 mod win after winning the Florida Southern Ground Pounder Championship last year. Uh, Tony Pereira came home in second. Tim Evans was third. Gary Fountain back behind the wheel of a modified at New Smyrna. He was fourth. Kurt Hatton fifth. And Randy Blake, Jim Zevely, Bud McIntyre, Tom Toronto, Chris Hatton. Uh, Rob Schultz was an, unable to make it. Uh, he's he's an out-of-town guy who comes down here to support the class when he can. So I'm sure we'll see him back. Um, Orange Blossom Waterworks Bomber Bees had some great racing. You had John Gross, Frank Button, Tony Bromley, and Ben Say all up there in the mix this week. Um, the heat race was awesome. Frank Button picked up his first career heat race win. Uh, he was looking good. Tony Bromley, though, just he, he got the best of the guys in the feature. John Gross was leading early, had a tire delaminate on the uh, inside shoulder, and it just it took him out. Yeah, so he started first, led early, but finished last uh, due to a brand-new tire that he put on the car. Manufacturer uh, issue is the report from John, so tough break there. Uh, but the racing between John Gross Frank Button, Tony Bromley, and the Heat was great. And then Ben Say joined the mix in the feature. Four cars looking really strong, fun to watch. The Bomber B class, well, you know, still seven, eight cars is is a lot of fun. Like the last couple of years, it was all, the first year was just Tim Walters. Thank God for him for supporting the thing and making it look legit. And last year it was, can we catch Shane Satoris? And the answer was no. This year it's been a little bit of a mix and we've had a couple of new faces come and go. Uh, I think we're going to see more cars come, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we can get the rules more in line with the other tracks. Not to cater to the other tracks, but to entice them, if they're not racing at their track, to come race with us. Uh, I used to think it was because they just didn't like the track or whatever or were scared of the track, but then I realized what all you have to do to even be able to run with us, and I think it's silly. I hate putting ourselves on an island, so... Um, Congratulations to Tony Bromley picking up the win for one of our new sponsors here, Bromley Motorsports. Uh, Frank Button, a career-best second-place run. Ben Say, after a couple weeks' absence, he's back on the podium in third. Wayne Lewis with a good fourth. Noah Partlow, the leading Rookie of the Year candidate in fifth. Hunter Young in his first start, sixth. And then John Gross rounding out the field there. Up now to the Bomber A division. A good field of cars. 16 showed up, but we did have some, uh, some action in the heat race where Dustin Higdon, the second-place point man, actually blew a motor. And you're thinking, man, with Brandon Monroe starting at the back, with Stephen Wright still serving a suspension, I believe his suspension is up. So I think, I believe he's set to return this weekend um, if he chooses to do so. Um, so with, with Higdon's blown engine, Brandon Monroe in the back, and no disrespect to Brandon, I know he can drive the hell out of a race car, but him coming through the back, um, maybe not as easy as, as a more experienced guy like Dustin Higdon. And then there's no Stephen Wright there. So you think, yeah, it's wide open. Um, and it looked like it was going to be a second first-time winner in a row. However, Dustin Higdon did get a, a ride. He was able to take over for Nick Abatsis. And, and, you know, awesome job for Nick. Great show of sportsmanship to allow Dustin to climb in his car. 
and go up there and stay in the points race because we're going to have a hell of a points battle now, it appears. Um, it looked like Daniel Snyder was going to run away and win this thing. Late race caution comes up. We get mixing it up. Then Jim Snyder takes over the lead. Looks like Jim, the defending champion, is going to get his first win of the year. Then a body slam happens. Todd Latour, and credit to Todd for, for admitting on the hot lap that, hey, he just misjudged the corner and got into Daniel. He feels bad about it, but that stuff's going to happen. When, when you're racing, you're going to make incidental contact, and I'm glad that we can chalk it up to, hey, I, I screwed up, you know? I uh, hate that I took somebody out. So Daniel Snyder's good day went up in smoke. Tyler Torres, good day, went up in smoke. Um, and that kind of allowed Dustin Higdon to get up there and wrestle the lead and the win away from Jim Snyder. And for anyone that wants to say, oh, well, Dustin's car has got to be cheated up. Yes, it was Springs that got him a couple weeks ago. For anyone that wants to say, oh, he cheats up his car, you know, for him to hop in a car that he's he drove it once this year uh, to a podium finish, by the way. So it's not unprecedented. Um for him to hop in a car that normally runs, you know, 6th to 10th, and to get up there and drive it to a win, I think that says a lot about Dustin Higdon's driving ability. And at the end of the day, you know, the drivers get to shine, and he did. So congratulations to Dustin. Another victory. I think that's four on the season. Jim Snyder second. As we mentioned at the sponsor, top of the show, Chris Seventy with a career-best third-place finish for Seventy Motorsports. Again, proud sponsor here on the show. And Daniel Bromley. He had a great battle with with Chris there for that third spot. He got a career best in fourth, so another good run for Bromley Motorsports. How about another career day? Caleb Jones in fifth, first career top five. He was hanging around 12th most of the race, and the way restarts and situations boiled down, he was able to get through there when it counts. He finished fifth, so great run for Caleb. He's starting to get comfortable with that 12F. Point leader C.J. Creech with a plug wire issue for the last two weeks. Able to salvage a sixth-place finish. He started 14th on the field with a, a car that was way underpowered. He finishes sixth and maintains his point lead. We're going to go over the points here in a minute because that's going to come into focus here the, the later we get in the season. Aaron Foy was seventh, another good run for Aaron. He's on the verge of breaking out. I can feel it. And um, the man we're going to hear from as he tells us his story later on in the show, Uniel Diaz, the 111 car, his second time out with the new car, uh, finishes a career-best eighth. Brandon Monroe rallies for ninth from the back of the field. And Joe Sunday, another newcomer, rounding out the top 10. They were followed by Bob Say, Daniel Snyder, Tyler Torre, Lindsey Samian, Leroy Crawford, and then Nick Abatsis did not start. Of course, Nick with the driver change, so his is kind of an asterisk. Um, Mod Minis were in action, uh, only four cars, up from three. Um, their race went 20 laps clean and green. Todd Hopp picks up his third win of the season. David Russell's second, Brad Blanton, and John DeGeorge, the newcomer. Well, not newcomer, but returning driver. First time out this season with his new car. More or less a shakedown run. I'd like to see that uh, car get, I don't want to say get more competitive, but I'd like to see if, after the shakedown run, if it is more competitive next time out. And I believe that it will be. Uh, so good to see John back out there. Congratulations. Todd Hot continues his great season. Or should I say, his hot season. Um, LKQ Super Stocks. Oh, yeah. We have the drama it is back. The LKQ Superstocks, in my opinion, have been the best weekly division all year long. The Bombers are right there nipping at their heels. Both both of those classes have had great, uh, just great seasons. A lot of fun to watch. Really stealing the show every week. Um, if I'm a race fan and, and I'm looking at these races as just a fan in the stands, I am buying a ticket anytime I see the Superstocks on the schedule because of what we've seen 
you know, and they've had a, a normal or if you want to say dull race here and there. But the season has just been outstanding. And that rivalry between the Spears group, you know, Paul Kochi, George Spears, Justin Spears, um, you know, Don Duvall at times, uh, those guys, they just, they mix it up. They race hard. And you know what? Bobby Holly's a, he's, well, he's got a teammate out there now with Cody Whitley, but uh, Cody was just getting the hang of that 56 car and got involved in the wreck and had problems this week. But Bobby's kind of a lone warrior if you think about it. And then, you know, you got some outliers with it, with the other uh, guys in the, on the on the field. But I think Bobby's at the point now where he is going to race the Spears just as he feels the Spears race him and vice versa. And I'm all for that. I love the rivalry. I love how they don't like each other and they coexist. Uh, not afraid to knock the other one up the track. Um, we haven't seen, you know, a blatant, you know, I'm sending you and stuffing you into the wall. We've seen a lot of contact, and George Spears did his best to get Bobby Holly this week. And and I don't I don't think he was trying to just spin him out, but to knock him out of the way, knock him out of the groove, and sail by and, and win the race. Um, but we had a hell of a battle. It looked like George Spears was going to win this thing, and then lo and behold, restarts, cautions come out, and Bobby Holly is able to outduel him. And I I just think that Bobby Holly, being the wily veteran that he is. Uh, he knows every trick in the book, and he knows how to defend against it, and he knows how to give it back. Obviously, the Spears, you know, they race hard, and they have really fast race cars. They have great cars this year. Uh, Justin Spears has done a great job to turn that 48 car around a couple of times this year. Um, and George hasn't been racing much this year, but he got in Don's car, and he's given that thing a hell of a run. I, I think this battle right now, uh, I hope George continues to race. I hope Paul Kochi, yeah, he just had a baby. Congratulations to Paul. Um, so I understand if he takes a few weeks off, but I'd love to see him back out there. I'd love to see him continue uh, because he's been mixing it up and he's aggressive as hell. That's what makes this fun to watch. I am not a proponent of going out and smashing race cars on purpose, but I love these rivalries. I love the side-by-side racing. I love the bumper tag. I love the drama uh, that we've seen this year. It really keeps it interesting. And I'm not rooting for either side. And I've been down this road before. And I know that some people don't like me talking about the rivalry, but God damn, it is a hell of a rivalry. And I cannot wait to see the next chapter this weekend. And that's what I'm saying. As a fan, where at the end of the day, I am nothing but a race fan who gets to have a podcast and, and talk talk about it on the microphone at a certain track. But, you know, I just, I, man, if I didn't have this opportunity, I'd be, you know, I'd be watching Speedway video. I'd be going out to the track. I'd be wanting to know what's going to happen next. And that's my whole point with this. And I think it was a great race. Another classic super stock race where they deliver. And I mean, if you didn't get your five bucks with the super stocks, then um, I don't know what to tell you. I think you got your five bucks with the spectator races too. But uh, Bobby Holly picks up another win, second of the year, and takes over the point lead. Uh, George Spears, second. Paul Kochi, third. John Hodge, fourth. Another good re- John's been so solid the last couple weeks. Uh, Tyler Pronesti at top five. Justin Spears had two flat tires and rallied for six, but it did cost him in the points. Eugene Tuminello, seventh. Gage Spears, Mike Dom, Stephen Metz, Cody Whitley, your field. Uh, they did give Cody Whitley a start attempt uh, and gave him some points. Um, I do, speaking of points, let's take a quick glance at the points before we transition to the Clyde Hart, quick Clyde Hart preview, and then we'll go to the interview, kind of the heart of the show this week with Uniel Diaz. Um, so looking at super stock points, after seven races, the gap is six points. Bobby Holly on top of Justin Spears by just six Two wins for Bobby, three wins for Justin Spears, a win for Doug Samian, and a win for Rich Clouser. Four winners in seven races. 
but it's going to come down to Spears and Hawley. And yeah, Eugene Tuminello, though, even though he, his primary car is still on the mend, he's not out of it. He's 33 points back, not out of it, but he needs some luck to get back in it. Scrolling down to the Mod Minis, Todd Hot with an 8-point lead over David Russell, 10 points over Brad Blanton. Uh, every point's going to be important with only about three cars, really, that matter right now in that class as far as points go. Todd Hot, though, that, that advantage of 8 points, it's bigger than it looks because when you got a short field, you don't lose as many points if you have a bad night. Uh, Bomber A's. C.J. Creech with the plug wire off or bad or whatever it was last couple weeks, still maintaining a 9-point lead over last year's champion Jim Snyder. And Dustin Higdon rallying back to just a 12-point deficit after a disqualification. So Dustin is very much in the mix. Four wins for Dustin, one win for Brandon Monroe. And then um, i got to expand this here, but Stephen Wright, who has uh, a DQ and a couple of weeks off, he has three victories. So three winners in eight races in the Bomber class. We'll see what happens this week. I believe that 47 will be back. At least he's eligible to be back. In the Orange Blossom Woodwork Bomber B class, Tony Bromley sitting high atop the point standing after six races with a 115-point lead over rookie Noah Partlow. Ben Say is third. John Gross, Wayne Lewis, your top five. Frank Button just two points out of the top five. Um, that seems to be our core group right now. Bromley, Partlow, Say, Gross, Lewis, Button. And throw Rick Gaither in there. I, I hope he comes back with that 66 car, but that's where we're at with the Bomber B. 602 mods, um, you know, it's just for... Just for shits and giggles here, uh, Bud McIntyre with a five-point lead over Christopher Hatton, the most recent winner. Um, three different winners in the class, Rob Schultz, Christopher Hatton, and Bud McIntyre in three races. Um, give it time, and hopefully it'll it'll mend into what it is supposed to be. So that's where we're at. That's a quick recap of the family fun night and some commentary on some of the drama that has been going on, and there'll be more to come. Let's jump over to the Clyde Hart Memorial coming up. The annual race back in its July time slot here for 2022 after tire shortage moved it to October and then rain forced its uh, overall cancellation. For, for 2021, it got moved to Speed Week. So the 2021 edition of the Clyde Hart Memorial was actually run back this February and the win went to NASCAR star William Byron um, who picked up two Speed Weeks wins during that time and coincidentally has two cup wins this season. Um Obviously, William Byron will be in Road America for the Cup Series, so he will not defend his crown unless something happens. No, it ain't going to happen. It'd be great, but it ain't going to happen. Um, the good news is for the Clyde Hart Memorial, I have a little bit of a list that I've been working on. Some speculation here. Don't hold me to this list, but some good possibilities of who may be here. Again, this is not an official list. Uh, some of these cars are confirmed more or less, but... Anything can happen. Um, right now, we're looking at, of course, Brad May. He will be here. Colin Allman has stated he is going to make the trip for the second uh, Sunbelt Series race in a row. Uh, the 51 of, um, oh, goodness, uh, Michael Atwell. Michael Atwell. I had to think which 51. There's so many of them. Michael Atwell has committed to being here. I'm assuming Bobby Good. Uh, he never pre-registers or or says anything online. Um he was not at the first race, won the last race for the Sunbelt Series. I would expect him to be here for the Clyde Hart. So there's four. John Kaufman has stated that he is bringing the 58 and the other 58 for Rich Clouser and maybe a third car, so potentially three cars out of the Kaufman stable, but count on uh, probably at least two that we know of. 
I've heard that Jet Motorsports is testing this week, so perhaps a Jet Motorsports car from their stables will be on the grid. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, possibly eight cars there. I hope there's an Anthony Campy racing car out there. I don't know who it may be. I don't know if it'll be, but there's potentially nine. Doug Elliott is rumored to be testing this week, so perhaps there's your 10th car. Brian Finney, second in the standings for the Sunbelt Series. He's made the commitment to be here. I expect him. I expect Nick White in the 22. Um, you know, that all-white car for the rookie driver. I expect them there. I expect the 28 car for either Mike Garrett or Dusty Williams. Uh, they've been sharing the ride. I, I would expect, I know that car, the movement mortgage car is going to be there. So there's another one. Daniel Dye, the ARCA driver. He has committed to coming back to support his home track. So he'll be there. And Michael Hind is going to make the trip over. Those are the cars that I know of so far. Maybe an appearance by Jake Perkins. Maybe an appearance by Jeff Schofield. Um, those guys both ran Showtime uh, last week. So hopefully we get at least one of those drivers. It's looking like, and you know what, worst case scenario, I think 11 cars. Best case scenario, maybe 15, 16 cars. Nine has been the best so far this year for the Supers. I think we easily eclipse that. We're definitely going to have double digits. It's going to be a great race with some really good stars. And Brad May is really going to have to earn it this week. And we're going to have, I, I by the by that little list that I just went over, we're going to have five, six, seven cars with a legit shot to win this or at least go at it and race hard. So I think the Clyde Art Memorial is in good shape here for this year. And uh, I think it's going to be a great show. Um, joining the... David Rogers, Super Late Models for the Florida Sunbelt Series. Uh, I'm going to go over this in race order. Uh, so we'll kick things off. Features only this week. Qualifying for the Super Lates at 6.30. Um, opening ceremonies, driver intros, and then we go right into the Clyde Hart Memorial, race number three in the Sunbelt Series. Then we have the LKQ Superstock 25. They've been moved up to the second race um, because EJ is doing the dash for cash, but EJ, um, he'll be, and you know what? EJ deserves this. He's going on vacation. So he wants to do the super stocks and then after intermission, the dash for cash so that he is able to be there and present the money for the race that he sponsors. So that's why the super stocks are moved up. I wanted to have the EMOD second because they haven't raced in so long. But, um, you know, if a sponsor is trying to support a division, then we want to be able to accommodate that. Uh, so EMODs will run third, followed by the sportsman. Bomber A, sorry, you're you're kind of towards the bottom, but, you know, we like to move these around. Ground Pounders, I promise the next race, you guys will not be last. But that is the schedule for this week. Six great classes in action. I cannot wait. going to be a ton of fun to see if somebody adds their name for uh, another time to the list of winners or if we get a brand-new winner. I think Michael Hind could be a potential winner. I think Daniel Dye could be a potential new winner for the Clyde Hart Memorial um, which should be, uh, in my opinion, is going to be the, the best race of the Florida Sunbelt Series so far. So join us this Saturday for all of that. So with that said, we are going to switch gears here. We're going to take a short commercial break, and then we're going to hear the story from Uniel Diaz. And I hope that you will take the time and listen to this interview. Um, he For someone who told me he'll never be 100% ready to do an interview on a podcast. Uh, he had a lot of good things to say and just gives a whole different perspective on, on racing as a whole and why and, and how this is actually 
some people's like, this, this is their passion, man. This is their hobby. Um, when we wonder why do we do this, he's going to tell us why. And he, he's got such a great attitude about things. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a real great interview, and I hope that you enjoy it. So quick commercial break, and then we'll hear from Uniel Diaz. We'll go around the state and up to Thunder Road after that. I'd like to take a moment and thank all of our sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. A growing list of sponsors here as we've had some new people come on board. But a huge thank you to our anchor sponsor here, American Auto in New Smyrna Beach. Again, that's American Auto. You can give them a call, 386-428-1941, located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. And again, I can tell you from experience, anytime I've dealt with American Auto, the service has been top-notch. They take great care of you. And of course, any issues that you have, whether it be tire-related, service-related, they will be able to take care of you. So again, big thank you to uh, EJ Wilcoxon and everybody over at American Auto, not only for sponsoring the show, but for taking good care of our vehicle so we can make it to our vacation here in a couple of weeks. We'd also like to thank our good buddy Ron D'Alessandro at 124 Welding and Fabrication for being a huge supporter of this show, not only a sponsor, but someone that shares every episode and uh, helps get our name out there. Uh, Ron, we thank you very, very much. And guys, make sure you check out 124 Welding and Fab on Etsy so you can buy some of his great items that he has up for sale. Great metalworking, makes great decorations, and all of that for your house, for your den, for your garage, for your wife, for any gifts that you may need. I mean, hey, get on top of Christmas. Christmas in July, maybe. Um, reach out to Ron, 124 Welding and Fab, and get something made. And, of course, if you need welding and fab work done, too, speak to him, and he will take care of you. We also thank Never Give Up and Andy Morrison for being a big supporter of this show. Uh, they do car park pickup, so if you need anything picked up, get with Andy, and uh, he will take care of you there. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming aboard. Uh, they are the sponsor of the Pro Truck segment, which we hadn't had in a while. We'll get the Pro Trucks back on track here in a bit. A big thank you to Jeff White Racing. Check out the number 41 Pro Truck and E-Mod at the new Smyrna Speedway. 70 Motorsports, one of our newer sponsors here on the podcast. Congratulations to Chris 70 with a career-best third-place finish this past weekend in the Bomberay Division at New Smyrna. Uh, we appreciate his support, and we look forward to seeing what he can do the rest of the season, perhaps a sneaky contender going forward. Doug Samian in Samian Motorsports has come on board as a supporter of the Racing with Ryan podcast. And we thank him for not only buying some of the merch, but uh, providing a little bit of sponsorship money to the show as a supporter as well. And our brand new sponsor slash supporter of the Racing with Ryan podcast is Bromley Motorsports, the 77 Bomber A for Daniel Bromley and the 6 Bomber B for Tony Bromley. Uh, that team has come on board to sponsor the next couple episodes, and we appreciate that. We appreciate the support. We appreciate everyone that has come aboard to support this little show. So, again, thank you so, so much for your support. And now, back to the show. <laughs> All right, on the Racing with Ryan hotline today, we have a very special guest, um, kind of a newcomer to the New Smyrna Speedway in the Bomber Division but a, uh, a guy who's got a very compelling story so far, so we wanted to get him on the show. We welcome in Mr. Uniel Diaz, the driver of the 111 Bomber Car. How you doing, Uniel? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing great. Hey, thanks for taking some time to uh, to call in and, and talk to us. I think that, uh, you know, the your story so far, 
um, is very inspiring. And uh, your attitude has what it's kind of what you know caught my eye and and you know caught notice of, of oh this guy is actually more than just some guy who showed up to race like he's a good person he's into this he's happy to be here and that's that's kind of what it's all about so I want to take some time here and um, and, and tell your story so first of all why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself well before we begin I want to give you a huge uh, thanks um, for taking uh, time out of out of your day um, to talk to me. Also, thank you for putting me out there when I needed the most. And, um, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has been very warming um, to me. Um, so I'm Junior Diaz, uh, like you already told everybody. Um, I'm, a, I'm from Cuba, even though that doesn't matter, but I'm, I'm proud of being Cuban. Um, I've been in the United States for 15 years. And this 15 years has been the the best 15 years I ever had. Um, so I started racing in New Smyrna roughly seven or eight months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I was introduced to the track by Bill. And also huge thanks to him. Um, if it wasn't for him, um, I probably wouldn't be racing at New Smyrna. Now, Bill is, is one of the, the tech men down there. Now, what did he give you the idea of going racing? Was he like, hey, I do this thing on Saturdays. I think you'd like it. Or did you come to him and kind of be like, hey, I, I'd, I'd like to, to try this out. How did that deal get going? So, um, Bill, he's working um, where I used to work. Well, and I'm working now, but I used to work at New Espresso Change in Tire Engineers, and I left for two years to get my CDL. Um, but that didn't work very well for me. Uh, I like driving trucks and stuff like that, but that wasn't my thing. I was yeah. away from home and things like that. Um, so one day I, I came back to express oil change to do a simple alignment on my, on my daily car. And, um, and that's where I met Bill. Um, and then the owner from the store, he's like, Hey, look, I'm looking for an, another mechanic. We want to come back. So I went back, and that's how my relationship with Bill started. And uh, he was like, hey, man, look, I, I back in my days, I did racing. Um, and I was doing, at the time, a little bit of drag racing just for fun at Orlando Speed World. Mm -hmm. He said, like, look, on the drag, on the drag strip, you, can, you only have one chance to beat the other guy. And it, it takes money to make the car fast. And he's like, come come to New Smyrna, um, check it out. Um, there's this uh, Bummer A class that is level entry, super fun. You might like it. That was back in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, June 2021. Yeah, I remember it was kind of middle of last year, end of last year. I remember uh, seeing that. The black and orange car roll in, and I'd never seen it before. And I'm like, oh, this, yeah. hey, we got a new car. That's my, always always exciting. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, my okay. debut was in Halloween. Halloween, that's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember it was it was towards the end of the year, and, and a new car comes rolling in, and it looks unique. And you know, I'm thinking, hey, this that's cool. There's a new car. And then, um, you know, I'll tell you what, what really caught my eyes when I, I noticed you were on Instagram, and you were sharing all the, the social media posts. 
And I'm like, okay, this isn't just some guy that that wanted to come try this once or twice. This guy's into it. And uh, that's when you really got on my radar, and, and you've been a, a regular ever since last Halloween. Yeah, um, you know, it, I can I can express um, the feeling. It's, it's sort of like I didn't know I had this passion till I I went to New Smyrna. Um, like I went there, um, like I said in June. You know, that was my first time as ever. Um, that's before I ever thought of getting a car. Yeah, it was June 2021. Um, by July. I already went and got a car, my first car, the Pontiac Sunfire. Mm-hmm. I went and bought it in July. I went, I went all the way down to Miami to get that car. Oh wow, that's quite a commitment. So that, yeah, that's that's when it when it really um, got me hooked. And of course, uh, I did my debut in, in October, uh, Halloween uh, night, and it started from there. Um, now before- it's been a journey. Uh, this car, I bought it with a blown motor. Um, and I fixed it up. Uh, something happened. Uh, it, it had a lot of blow-by, so I had to take the engine back apart and put it back together. Um, yeah, and from what you were and, telling me a couple of days ago, um, it, you said there was just a lot that you had to do to this car. So it wasn't like you just got the car and came to this. You've actually been working very hard to, to get the car um, better and better. So you, you're one of the drivers that actually works on their car every week. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a full mechanic. Yeah. Um and for this car, the first car I, I purchased, I went through every single bolt and nut. Like suspension was bad, the tires, you know, the motor was bad. Um so I, I really learned a lot with my first car as far as uh setting it up and and how everything works and the safety, things like that. And the reason why I went that route. Um, it was more of a budget, you know. When when you want to start something and you don't have a big lump sum of money, um, you try to do it cheap as possible. Right. And, and you did it in the bomber like, class, which is a good class to learn in. So you've been working on it, you've been learning, and you've been within budget. So I think you've got you've got the starter package nailed down. Yeah. Well, at this point, the budget is out of the window. <laughs> well, we're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, um, but but the first car, um, you know, really really got me into it because um, the the driving part for me, and I bet a lot of the drivers um, feel the same way. Um, the driving is the reward that I get for the hard work I put in it. Absolutely. Now, and, um, I was going to ask uh, before you you know you you met Bill and you you came out to the track for the first time. Were you a race fan at all? Like, did you follow NASCAR? Did you, like, follow local racing, like, on the internet or anything like that? Or was just driving what got you into it? Um, to be honest, um, I'm not a fan of anything, uh, if that makes sense. So, like, I don't have a, a favorite artist. Um, I don't have a favorite driver, nothing like that. So, I'm not a fan of nobody, but I like the sport. Gotcha. So, before Bill, I was doing, I was following a little bit of the uh, Formula Drift, okay. um, you know, a little bit of drifting. I did went to a couple events. That's the only like car event I've been to. 
and it, it's been uh, Formula Drift. Um, but that that drifting part is expensive, um, you know, tires and things like that. And uh, at that time, um, I was taking care of my mom, um, you know, because life happens. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, before Bill, I, I like driving and working on cars, but I never had um, somebody to guide me through, um, you know, a, a sort of a competition uh, racing type of deal. I went several times to uh, the firm, is up in Ocala, and they, I went to like the open track days. You just go and drive your, tra- your car on the track. Um, but that's not really racing. That's just, you know, driving on a track. Right, right. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome to hear that coming out to our little speedway out in Sam Sula there is, is what got you hooked on the racing thing. Because I, I can tell you love it, man, because uh, a lot of guys will just show up, do their thing, and you don't hear anything about it. But you're always posting and, and sharing, and, you know, that kind of stuff gets noticed. And, uh, you know, the, the, the people... The, you're, you're a genuinely good person, I can tell from our, our interactions and stuff, and it, it seems like the people around there really enjoy having you at the racetrack, and it seems like uh, quickly you become part of the family over there. Yeah, this weekend, um, the guys, I went and parked uh, to the side where um, the um, tech shed is at, and uh, Dustin, he came over, and he was like, hey, man, I, I found a spot for you by us. Come over and join us. We would like, uh, you know, for you to be with us so, you know, we can talk and, and we can help each other out. And that was super awesome. That's uh, amazing. Seeing the guys come out and, you know, kind of take me in. Look, I, I know things get heated out on the racetrack sometimes and people yell at each other. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all about camaraderie and, and having a good time. Um, and, and just watching you run well, especially the last few weeks and and you know, enjoy doing this. That's, that's really, especially with the bomber race, that's, that's what it's all about. I did want to ask you though, um, you know, your season, it's, it's been a bit up and down. Um, you know, you started the, the season off or in the first few races and then you had your first big wreck. Tell us about that. Well, be, before the big wreck that put the car out, um, on a family fun night, they put me to the wall. Ah, that yes. was my my first small wreck, but I couldn't race that night, and uh, that was very emotional because um, you know it's the first time I get into a, you know it was a small wreck, it wasn't too bad, but it took me out of the race. I was very bummed because um, I couldn't race. Um, but it's funny because instead of that putting me down, he actually gave me more. Uh, more motivation yeah it's crazy how it worked um i think i found uh something that i'm passionate about and i don't think i'm uh i'm gonna let it go that easily well that's that's great to hear because a lot of people you know their first wreck that might be it for them and you know for some people it might be it because the the car is destroyed they don't have a means to get another one uh but to hear that okay your first little dust up which is it's going to happen in racing. If you race long enough, it's going to happen. So it's good to hear that your first dust up didn't just put you out, you know, it motivated you to fix it up, make it better and, and keep going. That's great to hear. Yeah. And, and the one you were asking me about is the most recent and the biggest wreck up to date. And, uh, yes, um, 
you know, it, it was scary at first. Um, I, I, I was, I stayed in the car cause of the shock. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave, get out of the car and possibly, you know, I don't know what was going on <laughs> through my head at that point in time. Um, but I, that, that night on, I went out on practice and the car didn't want to go over 4,000 RPMs. So I'm like, oh, no, come on, come on. And I have that happen several times before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the wiring and stuff wasn't very good on it. But I went from that into the heat race. And on the heat race, I was like, oh, come on, you know, don't act up. I'm I'm in the front. Um, so I get out there and I hit it and I'm still nervous. So I stay on the outside and kind of hold back a little bit because I don't want nobody to run into me. At the end of the day, I'd rather, you know, lose some spots rather than losing the car. Exactly. Um, but after the first lap, I got confident with the car and then I got on it and, and you know, I felt good. I, I was doing pretty good. On the feature, the same thing. I don't remember exactly the spot that I started, but I know I was like on the top five or something around there. And we go green. I had a great start, my best start ever, because my car is not power. Uh, the gearing on it is not very well. So I did a second to third shift to keep up with the guys, and I did an awesome job. But that night, for some reason, uh, people were a little bit too aggressive. That does and happen. The first, first lap, if I'm not mistaken, we had a yellow. And uh, from there, it started going downhill. Um, I think lap number five, we had another yellow. Um, and then around lap 14, 15, that's when, uh, when the big wreck happened. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the 81X and the 13 kind of like touch each other and the 13 got sideways on turn three and four now i see i see everything happen but you know i'm, I'm a new driver mm-hmm. uh, i'm not i haven't had that happen to me before so i see them kind of touch each other and they go up on track i'm trying to avoid them and the car just like snapped i i couldn't you know i'm pretty good trying to to control the car because the car has snapped on me several times but this time i think i was coming too fast and i, and I couldn't save it yeah and you ended I, up uh you ended up hitting the 13 car pretty good and i remember you know yeah. those guys got into it 13 spun out and then i saw you come in there and i'm just like oh no not uniel and sure enough you you hit him and yeah. and you know the, the as disappointing as that was and and uh, the thing that stuck stuck out to me was at the end of the night, when you came down, uh, you know, to get your payout, and, and we were all hanging out, and we, we got to talking, you still had a smile on your face, and you were like, "Hey, you know, my, my car's probably done." You know, looking at it, there's there's rust and damage, and, and it's not fixable. But he's like, "I've been having the most fun I've ever had," and he's like, oh, "I'm gonna still be around. Right, I'm gonna try to figure out something to do, even if it's spectator races or coming out for the burnout contest." Um, and I, I just immediately right there uh, after talking to you about that, I'm like, that's the attitude right there. Because a lot of people will wreck their car and they'll be pissed off and they'll just want to talk about how bad everything is and how everything sucks. But yeah, you're like, I've been having the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, this sucks. But, you know, uh, I can at least, you know, say I've, I've had fun. So that's what stuck out to me with the whole situation. 
Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like that the next day though. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you let it soak all in and then you look at it again and you're you're pretty sad. Yeah, um it, it really got to me when I was home. And uh, the one that that um helped me get back and on my feet, um believe it or not, it was my mom. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um you know after that happened, I knew the car was a little far gone, and uh, I started doing new searching uh, through Facebook and stuff. And I seen this this car that had it posted for twenty five hundred dollars, which is the car that I purchased number yeah. nineteen. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the driver, um, I but think I the, know. I think the Mickleys had it for a little bit. Yeah, I remember seeing that car because when I my first time on the track, I remember seeing the car. Okay, yeah, and then you you um, you actually ended up doing a GoFundMe on on Facebook, and quite a few people donated. So this is like where the story gets yes. really cool because from that moment, you look at the car, you know, your passion project, if you will, is is destroyed, and yeah. and then you you post up this stuff, and then you start seeing people actually reach out and trying to help you. I, I know a couple people even reached out and said, "Hey, bring the car over. Let me see if I can." you know, take a look at it and, and try to fix it. To, so not only were people trying to help you fix the car, and then you had people who started donating so that you could get back on track. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I, I was getting there uh, with my mom. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, she was the first one that told me, um, let's go get it. Um, so during that time, we had to make a trip to Miami because that car is actually in Miami as well. Of course, yeah. Uh, so um, we, I was going to go that next weekend to pick it up. This is how fast everything happened. So this happened Saturday night. Sunday, I, I was very down, but I was still looking for cars. Mm-hmm. And my mom gave me the green light. She's like, hey, I got some savings. We can do this. I'm like, okay. So I sent a message. And, uh, and they were like, hey, man, the car is in my way. I will let it go. Uh, for 1500 I was like, say no more. I can't go this, ne- this weekend, but next weekend I have a, a trip I have to do down there. I'll pick it up for sure. And uh, that's how it started. Um, I knew th- how much the car was going to cost me. And, you know, I was like, wait, I don't got that much. And let's see if we can put the community together. And at first I, I wasn't expecting nobody to donate. That's the biggest thing. I was like, I'm a nobody, nobody knows me, you know, things like that. But I was like, you know what? I've seen this before on Facebook and, and people do, you know, give and, and people are awesome everywhere. So that's when the fundraiser started. And that fundraiser, we have two fans that donated, which I want to thank them. Uh, one of them is, is Tammy, uh, Tammy North mm-hmm. and Cami Rodriguez. That's awesome. Um, I'm sorry if I mess up their name, but yeah, they they um, they went ahead and no hesitation. They came out and donated. Also, Miguel Benitez, uh, you met him. Uh, oh yeah, he's a cool on guy. My debut with a new car. He he donated. Um, Roberto Melendez, um, he's also a cool friend of mine. He uh, at the beginning he was coming out and helping me every weekend. Um, you know, with the car and things like that. Um, also, Caroline, which is his uh, his wife, um, 
she's been helping me with some of the decals on the car. You know one person that surprised me though? Who's that? Uh, Aaron Foyer. Oh yeah, He's okay. He's one of the the bomber drivers. Yep, number seven, yeah. Yes, he came through and donated. That was huge, man. You know, coming from, from another driver um, to do that, that was pretty awesome. So Lab and Rescue of Santa Florida, Florida um, he wanted me to use them as a representation representation um, for him. Um, basically, uh, he does a lot of uh, charity with them to rescue the the dogs and things like that. That's awesome. So, so you got you got a little bit of uh, that, that's basically a sponsorship that you got on there now. Yeah, um, and you know, um, one of the things that I said that the people that donated, I was gonna put their name in the hood, and Marga came up and she did that for me. Um, she wrote down all the names, and I I spray painted a heart on the hood of the new car, and I have all their names on there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's when when Margot awesome. told me she was going to do that, I'm like, that's that's really awesome. Just to to see the support from you know ra- different racers, from fans, from people that you know, and, and just people that you've got to meet at the racetrack um, to to keep you going. Um, I, I think that speaks volumes about the community that we have. Um, I think that speaks volumes about the bomber division. Um, yeah, it might be the entry level class, but it's just a bunch of good old boys like to have fun going in circles. And uh, like I said, you, you fit in so well, and uh, you've been a great member to the Bombers here the last couple months or so. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm not a fan of oval, oval track racing, and I might get some hate for that. Um, but me coming out here and driving, I love it, and the the part that I love the most is that you guys have an entry level because when I was younger, I see racing as a very expensive thing to do and something that is, was too far from my reach. Mm-hmm. Me being an immigrant, you know, I, you know, my parents, when they came, they had to hustle, you know, to get on their feet and things like that. So me, I never saw myself as driving, you know, or competing in on this level, even though it's the entry level. But for me, this is huge. Oh yeah. Um, because you know, we, without me finding you guys through through uh, Bill, um, I really wouldn't have found my true passion. And you know, I, I've been listening to these motivation videos. They're like, oh, just do what you love. And, you know, eventually it's going to come true, things like that. And at first, when you're struggling, when you just go to work and go home because you can't afford to do nothing else and things like that, you're like, man, these people are talking shit. They got they're, they already got their money. Uh, their life is already, you know, good. That's why they, they're saying this. Um, but I, I experienced that for myself. And it's super awesome because, you know, I was at a point that I was going from home to work, from work to home. And now that, you know, I kept working on my dreams, no matter what was the struggle, I was still, you know, having fun with my cars, fixing them, doing things like this. I was always looking 
uh, things to do. Like I don't like to do car meets and things like that, but I was always always searching um, to see if there's any local track and things I can do cheap. Um, because technically you can go to the streets and do it cheap. But yeah. Guess what? If you get cut, <laughs> you're, you're, you're done. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so, dude, that that um, was me back before I started working at the racetrack. I I worked. And that's all I did. I worked and maybe hung out with some people, and then I just you know rinse, wash, repeat. And then I found the racetrack, and I didn't know anybody when I started, and I was this shy, you know, twenty seven year old guy. And uh, but I I found my calling, and it sounds like you know your story is kind of similar to to mine. I mean, I I've been a race fan my entire life, so you know it, it was my thing. But to have that opportunity and to have that entry level to get into it and become part of it like you were saying is so big and that's what makes short track racing so cool it's like i don't think a lot of people realize that anybody can come be part of it and then once you be part of it it's hard to it's hard to get out of it you know what i mean yeah racing itself is something that is is passion driven you gotta love it to do it oh yeah um, because there's a lot of ups and downs uh, but one thing you said, not many people know about over the small track racing. And I was one of those people I didn't know about. If it wasn't for Bill, I, will, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can't thank Bill enough. I can't thank you enough. And everybody that has been... Uh, a part of me being at the point that I am right now um, is, is truly uh, sort of like a dream come true, even though this is not a dream I had, if if that makes sense. Yeah, it just kind of, it came to you, you know, and you didn't even know yeah. it was coming, really. It's, it's something that, it feels like it was a gift. I was given this gift, but I never opened it. That's how it feels. And then, you know, you finally open the gift and you find that it was the thing that you wanted the most, you know, for forever. You know, like I'm 27 years old at this point, And imagine having a gift for 27 years without opening it. And when you open, it has all the answers for your questions. Like that feels awesome. That is and awesome. That's, that's how I've been feeling, um, you know, every time I come out to race. Um, and I just want to make sure everybody knows um, the way I feel and trying to make them feel the same way. Um, that's when, that's where the uh, face on the front bumper, the eyes with the eyelashes, the lips and everything comes together. Um, it started as a joke and we built. <laughs> I was like, hey, Bill, you know, all these cars, they look the same, man. How can I make my car look different? And he's messing around. He's like, oh, so Halloween is coming up. When do you do eyelashes? I was like, I, I got you. <laughs> so that's, I went and I got to work uh, and I grabbed some zip ties and got creative. And when I put the eyelashes, I'm like, this doesn't look right without eyes. Yep. So... That's when it's, you know, that's where I started. I just did the eyelashes with the eyes. And then Roberto, he was like, hey, man, I'll get my, my girl to do the lips. <laughs> I'm like, what? Let's go. <laughs> and um, that's how it evolved. And some of the guys from the track, even from other divisions, 
they were like, hey, man, I like your eyelashes. Um, you know, they look pretty cool. Uh, but you you're missing a nose, so I added a nose, <laughs> and and that's the car where it is right now. It wasn't me. Like that car, uh, I drive it, but it's not a rep- representation of me. It's a representation of the people right. that got it, that got me involved in it. Like the color orange. I honestly I like orange, but that's not my favorite color. My favorite color is blue. But the reason I got orange is because of Bill. I asked him, hey, Bill, what I want to do a, a bright color, um, you know, to stand out a little bit on the inside and probably the roof. He was like, man, I always like orange on my roll cage. I was like, got you. The, one of the colors is going to be orange. Um, and the car was already black. So, the, you know, the easiest was just to pay, paint whatever I wanted orange to make it uh, stand out. Well, it's fitting because you started on Halloween too. So it all, it all <laughs> yeah, makes sense, it, you know? You know, we go back to like, if you, everything felt like it was meant to be kind of deal. Yeah. I came out on Halloween with Halloween colors and the eyes with the eyelashes. And now we've seen the, the car has kind of evolved to have its own personality, if you will. And and I love how you you park it out so people can come take pictures and come see it and uh, you know get that uh, interaction going. I think and I think people appreciate that too. At first, I was like, man, I don't know about these eyelashes. Uh, mostly, the girls have eyelashes on their cars and things <laughs> like that. Um, so at first, I was a little scared of of getting rejected from people. Yeah. Um, in in that sense, so if you look back on the Speedway videos, which I I, I love that guy. Um, you know, as soon as I started using some of his videos, he started following me mm-hmm. and liking my posts and things like that. Um, so if you if you go back to his video, my second time out on the track, I took the eyelashes out. But it wasn't the same. There was something telling me you gotta put it back. Yep. Um, you know. So after that, I put back the the eyes of the eyelashes. Um, I started receiving positive vibe from the people, and you know, I also posted my Instagram on it, and people started following me. They're like, "Oh, I love your car with the eyelashes." I was like, "Oh, we got something going." Yeah, I'm telling you, your and, car has identity. Yeah, and that's what uh, made me want to, uh, you know, put the car out there so people can see it. Because as I, I was, I went to the um, to the bleachers once. That one time I went, and yeah, it's fun to see the cars race and stuff like that. But then there's no connection between the fan and the driver. Yeah, and. Um, Going back to Formula Drift, the one thing I like from them that you can walk through the pit. So it's only it's only one one ticket, and you can walk through the pit. You know, um, so that's something that kind of like light up a spark. I was like, man, the the people need to interact with the drivers and the cars so they can take pictures and and become part of. Of what we do, yeah, we used um, to do. At the end of the day, sorry to interrupt. At the end of the day, the fans want to do what we do. 
Oh, yeah. And, and we used to do a lot more of the interactive stuff. We used to, like, park the cars on, on the front stretch and do autograph sessions and stuff before COVID. And we're, we're starting to get back into that a little bit, but we don't want too much because we don't want anyone to get sick and then be, like, the reason people got sick. You know what I mean? So it's it's tough right now, but I know exactly what you're saying. But I like that we were able to do a little bit of that last week. Yeah, well, that was pretty awesome. Um, I wish we had a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, cause, uh, whenever we start going back to the pit, uh, some of the, uh, fans were like, oh, you're already leaving, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you know, as you said, things will get better. Um, it's, it's a trial and error thing. Um, you know, but we, we, uh, we're gonna get somewhere. It's, it's gonna, I, I, I have a feeling that it's gonna blow up pretty soon. Oh yeah, well, especially that that division with the bombers. People love that class, and you know you, you've uh, you've had some ups and downs this year. Lost a car, got a new car, found some fan support, and you know you, you got the attention of people now. And bring bring the new car out, you shake it down, you get a couple of top tens, and now you're. Uh, we were just talking about it earlier. You're, you're up into ninth in points, so you're doing well for yourself in your first full season. Oh my God, yes. Um, when I, when I first got on track with that car. I was like, oh, when I got that car, I, I got it like three weeks before my my first race with the car. And since I have the theme going with the, you know, black and orange uh, with the eyelashes and everything, um, I was like, I can't go back on track without making the car look pretty close to the original one. And some people think it's the same car. Oh yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't know it was a different car, you wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people come. They're like, "Oh man, you did a hell of a job fixing the car." I'm like, "No, I didn't fix it. This is a whole new <laughs> car." <laughs> um, and that's pretty awesome. But yeah, so I, that car, this car, the only thing I did is put gas in it, change the spark plugs and the wires. That's it. I haven't wow. touched any other thing on it. Today, I was just pulling the fuel tank out because I went to change the filter, and there it was rusty. The fuel was rusty looking. Oh boy. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I was surprised with this car. Like, the, my first night out, I did a top 10. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And, um, and to see rust in the tank and, you know, there's a lot of things I, I see that I can improve on it. Even though it's a push rod, that's another thing. I have almost the worst car you can get to be competitive at New Smyrna. Since it's a half a mile track, you need a car that can that has like long legs. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, like high RPM. Right. So you can get that momentum going. And this car only revs to like 6,200, 6,500 RPM. I have to run 15-inch wheels, um, so it doesn't hit the rev limiter. Um, and to be this competitive uh, is awesome. Well, and, you know, this thing, it'll, it's going to keep you busy because it sounds like you got a little bit of work to do on it. But it sounds like you enjoy working on these cars and... I think that just is going to give you more motivation that it can be even better for you. So it might be a push rod and all that, but as your first season in a good learner car and to see you already getting top tens with it, I just, the the story that you've had, you know, with your journey to start and then your trials and tribulations and now 
this this success that you're finding. I just I, I think it's it's great. Yeah, it, I wouldn't take it any other way to be honest. Um, I think the process of um, build, you know, putting a car together, um, you know, like the first car that I put it together, get it out there, figure it out. Um, you know, wrecking it, getting another one, and do the same thing over. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's going to make me a better driver um, because I'm going through the process um, rather than getting a fast car and try to learn to be a good driver with a fast car. It'll make you, it'll make you appreciate everything a lot more, that's for sure. Yes, and... Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't have words uh, to express it. Um, but just me being able to finish a race uh, is huge because all the most of the work on the car is being done by myself. A lot of people reaching out and they're helping, but the the majority of the work is is being done by me. And I bet a lot of the bummer A drivers do a lot of their own work. Um, but that's that's what really you know sets me apart. I think um, the passion, not just for driving, um, also for you know figuring the problems and and getting out there. Oh yeah, there's definitely there's hurdles to it, and but you know if they do your route and and get out there and experience it, and you know it, it also helps to be mechanically inclined and all that stuff. But uh, you know you, your story is great because you're a guy that never knew you could even do this and here you are doing it and in just enjoying it. And it's not like you grew up in this, you know, realm of, of racing. So it's something kind of that was foreign to you and, and now is, is your biggest passion. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't change it for anything else. Um, you know, Andy, he has, uh, his slogan, never give up racing. Yep. And, and I really identify a lot with that. Absolutely. Um, he also reached out and, and helped me. And he was like, hey, whatever you need, you know, I can help you with sponsors and things like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, he reached out. Um, super cool to see him supporting the division. Um, you know, he's, he's an awesome guy, too. Yeah, and there's... Andy's great, and there's so many good people down there in the pits. If if you really get to know everybody, and it sounds like that's that's happening. I mean, for Dustin Hayden to say, "Hey, why don't you come hang out and park over by us?" and and you know, you get that camaraderie, you get to know people. Uh, it, it just gets better as you go. So, again, man, I I appreciate you taking some time and uh, giving us a lowdown on your story. I did want to give you another opportunity here before we sign off to uh, to to thank everybody again or if you if you miss anybody or you have any shout outs you want to do I want to give you a chance to do that again here yeah definitely um well you know again i want to give thank, a huge thanks to everybody that donated um, miguel roberto uh kim uh, tammy aaron and to uh lab rescue in central florida um you know that that was a huge help I also want to uh, give a huge uh, thanks uh, to Andy uh, for reaching out, for everybody and the bomber division that reached out to help. Hey, we can, you know, they're like, oh, we can pull it and fix it, blah, blah, blah. We can get you going. Um, you know, 
and we we talk back and forth we figure out that the car wasn't worth fixing but huge huge thanks to everybody uh thanks to all the fans that show up every weekend um because they keep the doors open for new smyrna um if it wasn't for them i wouldn't have the chance to come and race um you know, Speedway Video, he's an awesome guy. Uh, it's funny because I look up at Sunday, I'm, I'm always on YouTube waiting for him to post the video. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's super awesome what he's doing up there. Um, you know, all the staff that on the track, thanks to everybody. Um, also, uh, Jonathan on the 11V car. Mm-hmm. Juno, uh, he was, you know, he, he did a couple races. Um, he also got wrecked. Um, I wish I can see him back, um, but he was helping me out when I was having a few problems with my car. Also, as James, he used to drive another 80 car. He got, you know, also wrecked. Yep. I wish I can see him back. They're pretty awesome guys. They were helping me out when I was having issues with mine. Um. You know, if uh, anybody can follow me on Instagram at yadt underscore one eleven, um, I also started a YouTube, and uh, in Facebook you can look me up as Junior Diaz. But yeah, it's it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Huge huge thanks to you um, for sharing my uh, fundraiser. Um, you know. You, I've been uh, listening to the videos and, and you always, uh, you know, kind of hyping me up over the, uh, over the, the mic. Um, and you, you're a very important part of, of us drivers because when we're driving, uh, we can't uh, express ourselves. Uh, you talk through the mic, you talk uh, through us, you know, um, like this weekend, I got close to the wall on the on the heat, and you're like, "Oh, Junior Diaz, close to the wall." So um, I appreciate you um, and what you do, and um, I can't wait to get back out there this weekend and do it all over again. Well, thanks again for uh, for taking the time to be on here, and, and thanks for the kind words. I'm glad you all appreciate me talking about you and. It's it's that division is so fun because you guys give me so much to talk about whether it's you or any of the other guys out there. So I really I appreciate y'all's efforts to be out there and, and putting on that show for us every week. And it's a pleasure to have you at our racetrack, and it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. And you're welcome anytime. And uh, again, thank I you, just thank you. I I thank you so much, and and I wish you the the best of luck going forward. Thanks again, and thanks to everybody uh, that is involved in racing. Um, you know, New Smyrna and around the world. Um, hopefully, uh, we can uh, let everybody know that they can come, show up, and have fun. Uh, they don't even have to join the uh, the bummer class. Or no, just come out class. and enjoy. They can just come for the spectators. That's right. Spectator races or just come enjoy watching these guys race. They put on a hell of a show. Yeah, yeah. That you know. If it wasn't because uh, most of the times uh, we run in the bombers, I'll probably grab my my daily driver and and go out there and, and have some fun too. There you go, man. Uh, but I, I can't take two cars at the same time. So no, no, there's only there's only so much you can do. But yeah, um, but huge huge thanks. Uh, you know, 
to everybody. I, if I start mentioning names, we'll stay here forever. <laughs> um, I hope uh, this, you know, my story can touch some people and some people get out there, fix their car if they have one, or, you know, just start doing it. Well, I'm, it's, it's pretty fun. I'm very sure that it will, and your your positive attitude in the pits will go a long way, too. So, Again, folks, that is Uniel Diaz, driver of the 111 Bomber A. Make sure you follow him on his Instagram. You can follow him on Facebook, too. And check out his YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that so you can follow along with Uniel and his uh, very unique um, eyelashes race car. Again, thanks for uh, calling in, Uniel, and good luck this week. Thank you, sir. So, again, big thank you to Uniel Diaz for being brave enough and uh, taking the time to come on. I thought he did a great job on his interview and um, I, I'm so glad to have him as part of the New Smyrna Speedway and as part of our racing community. And uh, everyone that helped him out, whether you uh, donated to his his fund or you offered to help him work on the race car or you've just extended the olive branch and said, hey, come hang out with us. Um, I think that's great for the camaraderie. And uh, he's a great guy, and I hope he's around for a long, long time. So, again, thank you to Uniel for coming on. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview and that insight into the story of Uniel Diaz. Um, so we're going to go around the state. A lot of places rained out, including 417 and Citrus, uh, but we were able to get the races in at Showtime Speedway where they had super late models in action. And guess what, guys? They had nine cars. So, you know, right on the... They've been right on par with us for super late models this year. So everyone wants to talk about the little tracks. Well... We're, we're, we're working just as, as hard as they are, and they're working, you know, just hard to get their cars. So um, they got nine, and they got a first-time winner out of this race. It was Stephanie Florida's Brighton Horner, who we've seen in truck and sportsman action at New Smyrna. I believe they're coming out with the sportsman car for the Clyde Hart this week as well. Uh, but Brighton Horner picks up the victory over Jeff Schofield, who was driving not his car. He was driving Robert Yoho's car. So I don't want to hear the excuse that it's too hot. Mr. Jeff Schofield for the Clyde Hart this week. Uh, Jake Perkins, who I hope makes the the trip out for um, Clyde Hart. He was third. Kristen Clements in the 5K fourth, the Auburndale regular. Robert Jonas was fifth. Kip McVeigh, Beck Monopoly, Abigail Jonas, and Grant Thormeyer, who's got the coolest paint scheme of any late model in the state. He's got Michael Myers on the hood of the car. And if you know me, I'm a huge Halloween fan, and Michael Myers is my favorite horror movie villain, so I love his car. And uh, good to see him back on track. So that was your nine car finishes there. So it wasn't a fluke for Brighton. He set fast time in qualifying and uh, won the race. Actually, the the top three uh, qualified the same as they finished. So interesting there. Uh, Street stocks, they had five. And the win went to Marty Neekins in the 70, headed Dodge Carlbert, Roger Welch, Roy Healy, and Sean Sinekosoff for your street stocks. Uh, Mini stocks, they had eight of them. And their, mod, their, their mini stocks are like the Bombers or the Scramblers, more or less. Uh, Ken Smith, the winner. Steve Paulton was second. Kendall Ludeker, third. Dakota Cushing, Trevor Appling, David Harp, Danny Fox, Joey Foote, rounding out your eight-car mini stock field at Showtime. Ford Oval A Division, uh, 16 cars were there, so a good turnout there. They've, they've got the Ford thing rolling. Dodge Carlbert, the winner there over Marty Neekins, Mike Coleman, Sean Sinekosov, Chad Cushing, your top five, Aaron Anderson, Ronnie Larson, Mike Wedlick, James Grigsby, and Brent Blattenberger, your top ten. 
in the field of 16. A couple disqualifications there, by the way. Um, moving to the Strictly stocks, which I'm assuming are bomber-esque type cars. Uh, Clayton Hall, the winner over Greg Valdez, Mark Martini, and Jerry Helmick. That was your four-car Strictly Stock feature. Super Mini Late Models, so your Mod Minis, if you're familiar. Uh, if you want to know what those are, they're Mod Minis, basically. Um, Garrett Larson, the winner over Chris Thornton, Austin Ramsey, Mackie Mongold, and Neil O'Connor. So five cars there. We had four right on par. Race cars of yesteryear, which are like the Ground Pounders, but I don't think they race as hard as the Ground Pounders. Dave Edwards, the winner over Jimmy Ross, Clay Frey, Tim Brush, Scott Finley, Sean Edwards, Robert Taylor, and Scott Haight. Uh, eight cars. All those drivers I've never heard of before, and they've never been to New Smyrna. So uh, I'm not trying to compare apples to oranges, but just we're we're, we're doing we're, we're on par. So anyway, Ford B division, uh, 17 cars. I'm not sure you know the split up, and I'm, I'm sure they have their reason, but um, seeing a lot of the same numbers. I think it's it's driver. I think they just switched drivers. So, like, the experienced drivers are in the A division. The unexperienced drivers are in the B division. So, uh, but they started 17 of those, and Dustin Wilson was victorious over Todd Freend, James Vosniak, Joey Foote, Buckshot Mexner, your top five. So, it seemed like a pretty good show over there at Showtime. And uh, congratulations again to Brighton Horner. I think that kid has a ton of talent. And I, I think he's gonna. He's so young. He's gonna be around for a long, long time. So congratulations to Brighton. Uh, hope to see you over here at New Smyrna this weekend as part of the Clyde Hart Memorial with the Sportsman. Um, I forgot to. Uh, I forgot to say that we're gonna go around the state and over to Nashville and to Thunder Road at the beginning of this thing. So let's quickly switch gears before we go to Thunder Road. And I know I've got a couple of our listeners watching the the Thunder Road stuff on Flow Racing. Uh, I know Kenny's been watching it from time to time, and Bob Say come over to me this weekend, and he said, "Man, you, you know, you've created a monster with this Thunder Road thing." He's like, "It's all I want to do on Thursdays." So uh, again, that's why we're talking about. If there's something that I enjoy, talk about on the show because I think you guys would enjoy it too. So we're gonna go up Thunder Road. Let's uh, let's talk about the Nashville Cup race. Obviously hindered by the weather and the the stoppage, a race that started at five o'clock Eastern. Didn't end until just before midnight. So it was a marathon of a view, that's for sure. But um, I thought the, the race was went pretty much as expected. I Basically a mile-and-a-half track, concrete surface. Um, I, I thought the race was fine. Uh, these rain races, though, they give me anxiety because, to me, a race that, that ends before the end of Stage 2 is just incomplete in my mind. Um for a while, it looked like we we're going to get the track dry and get the cars out there. We were like nine laps short of halfway. I thought we were going to like seriously roll for like eight laps of caution, get a quick restart, and then it was going to rain again, and they were going to call it. And that just had me all, all on edge because the rules are in NASCAR, the race has to be halfway. For a while, it was we got to complete stage two for it to be official. Now we're back to halfway, which I don't understand why we switched back from stage two to halfway. At least with stage two, you award the person on the track with the stage points and the playoff points, if you call a race at halfway, the the winner then gets credit for a stage win and a race win and all the points that go along with it, like what happened to Bubba Wallace at Talladega last year. I just think that's, I, I think that's a bad way to do it, you know. Now, obviously, you could have the same situation if we complete, you know, stage two 
and then it rains, and then you call the race, but at least stage two is complete. That, to me, is more acceptable as a complete race. So this race gave me a ton of anxiety because I, I really enjoy relaxing and watching the race. So I love to see them go to completion. It was just like at Bristol when it was raining, and I thought they were going to call that. So anyways, uh, that anxiety did settle down after it looked like some of the pop-up showers were, of course, going to miss the track, and then we're going to get the full race in. And we saw second half of the race was definitely better than the first. Denny Hamlin dominated early, um, and then we saw Truex come to life and win both the stages, which is good for his playoffs because he doesn't have any wins. Uh, but now I believe he's got five playoff points and securing himself as, as somebody I think is going to make the playoffs regardless of winning or not. Um, Chase Elliott got in there. Kyle Busch looked like he was going to steal this thing for a while, but Chase Elliott chases him down late. They have some cautions, which I want to talk about uh, before, I put, before I grade this thing. Um, so Chris Busher late in the race, he loses a wheel, and we let it roll down the entire front straightaway a wheel with, you know, not just the tire, but tire with a wheel, if that gets launched into the grandstands, somebody's going to get killed. Yet, we're going to let the caution go. Uh, some people are speculating it's because they were trying to let Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott unlap themselves after just a pitting. Um, some people claim that race control was more concerned about keeping up with who was where on the pit stops. Um, some people just say, well, they just didn't call it quick enough or that there was different conversations that were going on before the caution could come out. In my opinion, if there's a loose wheel, the caution comes out immediately and everybody slows the hell down immediately. That is the biggest safety hazard we have in racing right now is these loose wheels. And I think that the loose wheel situation adds to a lot of the drama, but it is a huge safety thing. Um, Maybe you just need to go back. Maybe we need to add some residual lug nuts to hold the wheel on versus just the one side. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I get there's reasons for doing it. And other other sports with just one locking wheel nut are successful. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. It's above my head. But my commentary here is race control needs to tighten up. Because then we get the green white check or we get the last restart with four to go. And I get it. It's closing in on midnight. We just want to get the hell out of or they just want to get the hell out of there at this point. But you have the 14 and the 6 crashing a cloud of smoke into the wall. You got Brad Kozlowski's car limping across the racetrack. And I get it. The field had cleared, and he had time to get down to the access road and out of the way. And how many races have we seen end, especially at plate tracks, with there being a spin on the last lap and the caution comes out, even though it's at the back of the field? At this one, you've got Brad Kozlowski in the grass like, crawling down the back straightaway field coming if someone had spun out and then hit brad keselowski in the ass he's gonna flip and we're gonna have a huge wreck and it's just a huge like it's so inconsistent at a play track if that happened caution would have been out immediately if this wreck with if the same wreck had happened with the six and 14 say with 100 to go immediate yellow flag because unless it's a wheel rolling across the racetrack if nascar sees anybody out of line they throw the caution but yet, in this case, we don't get it, and I honestly believe it's just they were trying to get the race over and end the damn thing so people could go home. Which which is it, NASCAR? Are we throwing cautions for convenience, or are we throwing cautions because the caution means that there is a potentially hazardous situation on the racetrack that could jeopardize someone's safety? What is the call? What determines a caution? Please, NASCAR, define a caution flag and be consistent with it. The caution at the all-star race, completely unjustified. 
and then we have two, well, we have a, a, a crash that should have been a caution, and then we have a caution that takes forever to come out when you have a huge piece of debris in a loose wheel rolling down the racetrack. You can't have that. So bad job on NASCAR's part with the race control. Um, for Nashville, though, I, th- I thought the racing overall was better than last year. As this car continues to develop and the drivers continue to get used to it and it continues to, uh, you know, we, we continue to analyze it. I can tell you that there are, are a lot of things I like about this car. And I think one of the cool things that you can do with it is use that diffuser. I can't, which a word I can't say correctly, diffuser on the back of the car to manipulate the air to hurt the car behind you. And what I mean by that is you can try to change your line and predict where the other car is going to go to direct the air, the wake off your car onto the front of their car and disrupt the balance and cause their them to lose the front end. Last year, it was the wake was so large that you just couldn't be anywhere near the car and the guy in front just he had such an advantage. With this car, you can maneuver it and run in clean air and try to catch the guy in front of you. Now, that gives the driver with the lead the opportunity to mess you up with the air coming off his car and if he chooses which lane you're going to be in. So it's it provides a lot of cat and mouse racing for the lead, which I think is fun. Where's he going to go? Is he going to go high? Going to go low? Where's the leader going to go? They try to outduel each other, and I love it. Um, so this car, while it still has some dirty air issues, I don't think you can ever eliminate dirty air because, let's, let's face it, if a car cuts through the air, the air behind the car has to go somewhere. There's no way to just get rid of the air. Um, are there ways to improve the airflow so that the air is not so dirty? Yes, that's what they've done with the underbody of the car and the diffuser on this car, um, which has helped. But it, the the dirty air is still there. Cars still lose the front end behind another car. You know, Kyle Busch said, um, this car in traffic is the biggest piece of shit, which he started dead last and led a lot of this race and was able to battle up through the field. So I get it. It's tougher when you're in traffic. I posted on Reddit, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, should it be a disadvantage to lead the race? Like, in order to create, you know, more battles for the lead, should it be advantageous for the second car to catch the first car? And the the answer that I got from a lot of people is no. When you get to the lead, you should be rewarded. And that's your job is to get the lead. Chase Briscoe even chimed in and said, well, I see what you're saying, but he's like, my goal and my job is to go out there and lead the race. Why should it be a disadvantage for me to lead the race? So uh, I think it should be hard to take the lead from somebody. But the biggest thing, and I noticed this at Las Vegas, and if you go back and listen to my podcast that I did after Las Vegas, I mentioned how uh, the battle at the end between Larson and Bowman, those two side-by-side last year, Bowman would have spun out and Larson would have taken the air off of him. This car, while it still has dirty air issues, nose-to-tail, Side by side, this thing races great. There was a point where Martin Truex, Ross Chastain, I believe Kevin Harvick were three wide for three or four laps on an intermediate track. You don't see that. It was awesome. There were some great side-by-side battles. This car races very well side-by-side. And if we continue to improve on the air coming off of the car so that it's not so dirty, there's going to be dirty air, like I just said. But if we can continue to improve on the way that air comes out so it's less dirty, and I believe this car is a huge step in the right direction, the side-by-side racing and capabilities of this car is fantastic. Uh, We continue to tweak on some of the aerodynamic stuff with the wake, and I think it'll be even better. I think this car, 
has such a high ceiling that uh, it's going to continue to make NASCAR racing better. And I think the season as a whole has been better. So let's score this thing and move to Thunder Road before we end the show here. Um, I, like I said, for, for some of the reasons, the great cat and mouse battles for the lead, the three wide between Harvick and Truex and Chastain, I thought the racing overall was pretty decent. So I scored it an eight. I give it an eight out of 10 on excitement. Uh, I, when that caution came out at the end for the blown motor for the 77 car, I stood off, I got off my couch. It is midnight. I'm still recovering from running down the new Smyrna's front straightaway. Um, I got off the couch and watched the last few laps standing up. So I give it an eight on excitement. The finish was a seven. Um, yeah, we had that late race restart, but honestly, Chase Elliott won the race in turn one. So the finish was, it was, eh, it was okay. It wasn't terrible, uh, but it wasn't the best finish I've ever seen either. Um, lead changes on our scorecard here. It scores a five. There was 18 lead changes. So that gets a five. And then overall enjoyment, Chase Elliott won. I like Chase Elliott. I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not like a Chase Elliott fanboy, but I like Chase Elliott. I'm glad he won compared to some of the other guys out there. Um, and just overall, you know, if, if the race didn't have the rain delay, maybe it would have scored a 10, but it scores an eight on enjoyment. And that gives it a 7.2 out of 10 overall. So, and it, I think if, if it's scoring over seven, I find it to be a good race. So uh, that brings our season total, uh, averaging all the scores together to a 6.95 out of 10. Pretty good. Pretty good. I know Mark would be like, oh, we're still below 70. Uh, we're, we're at a D average, but I don't look at it as a letter grade. I look at it as, you know, a season overall at a six out of 10 or almost a seven out of 10 is, is good. So that's where we stand there. Let's move and end the show here by talking a little bit of Thunder Road. As man, I got to tell you, they know how to run a program, folks. They had a makeup late model feature, so two 50 lap late model features, plus a 40 lap uh, Flying Tiger feature with 20 plus cars, 25 lap Street Stock feature, a 19 lap Underdog race for non winners. So think of like our our Underdog races that we do. Same idea, and they ran a Street Stock series who brought 12 cars so that instead of going 75 laps, they split them up into two 30-lap segments and scored them Bomber Bowl or Milk Bowl style, if you will. Um, And they ran all of that in like four and a half hours. Very impressive. Um, The first late model feature I'm going to start there was a makeup from a rainout where they got most of the show in, but they canceled the late models. As late models were getting to come out, it came, the rain came, they canceled the show. Um... They unfortunately wrecked quite a bit of stuff in the first race. They had a couple of big wrecks, including Marcel Gravel, who got a big wreck with Brooks Clark, Bobby Therrien, and Sean Swallow. Um, typically, you'd see the first race go clean, right? And then the second race, you know, okay, we made it this far. You want to survive the first race so you can make it to the second race because if you get crashed out in the first race, there go all of your points for the rest of the night. So... They did the opposite, but Stephen Donahue picked up his second win of the season over Chris Roberts, Scott Dragon, Kyle Pembroke, and Christopher Pelkey. Pretty good racer, a little little messy at the for the for the first half, and then it straightened out. And Stephen Donahue won in convincing fashion. Um, in the second race, which was at the end of the night, hell of a finish. This is the second week in a row that the late models have raced where they've had a great finish. And Marcel Gravel, who recovered from the wreck in the first race, got the car put back together charged through the field 
they do a handicap system. So he started kind of middle of the field, worked his way up. Cooper Bouchard, who hasn't had a great season so far, got to start up front. He ran away with it. And this race was clean and green. It looked like Cooper Bouchard was going to win the race. Um, however, as Marcel Gravel was working his way up through the field, he got in a battle with Brandon Lanfear and Chip Grenier. Couldn't get by those guys who were racing side by side and took him 10, 15 laps to work his way by there. And then when he got into clean air, Cooper Bouchard caught the tail of the field and he chased Cooper down. And if it had been a 51-lap race, Marcel Gravel is getting his first one of the year. But Cooper Bouchard is able to hold off. And the finish had me off the couch again. I was cheering. Awesome finish. Awesome racing out of the late models over at Thunder Road. So Cooper Bouchard gets his first one of the year. Gravel is second. Brandon Lamphere third. Chip Grenier fourth. Matt Smith in fifth. And they started over 20 cars in both late model features. The R&R street stock open series was in town they had 12 cars again they ran them in uh split 30 lap segments um there was some drama in this race and uh, trying to remember who the driver was uh there was a couple of them that were racing each other pretty hard and i'm not familiar with these guys and now it's it's escaping me who was who was who um but there was a, a group of like three cars that were racing each other really hard in the Kudos to the flow racing guys for sticking with this battle because you knew it, somebody was going to wreck somebody, and it happened. And that driver retaliated, and I guess he was escorted off the property. So, um, you know, I was talking to my dad about this because he works over there and said, "Yeah, I bet that series won't be back, only bringing twelve cars, and then causing all that mayhem." And he goes, "Well, if the race had actually run on Thursday, because this was delayed a day due to weather, um, he's like, I think they would have had more cars. So maybe the series will be back, but uh, not the best debut." Uh, but T- Tanner Woodard was the winner there. In the Lenny Shoon Apparel Flying Tiger race, Rich Lowry, who's a driver that used to run late models out there that I grew up watching, he took home the win over rookie driver Caden Fisher, who is the son of Jamie Fisher, a legendary late model star at the Speedway. Caden uh, Fisher won the Street Stock Champion, the four-cylinder division. He won that last year, now up to the Tigers, got his career-best second-place finish. Kevin Streeter was third. Justin Prescott, the point leader, fourth. And Sammy Karen finishes up the top five. 26 Tiger cars, which are kind of like a street stock sportsman hybrid down here. Uh, RK Miles street stocks, 28 cars. Started the street stock feature, which was won in stunning fashion by Kyle Gravel. Unfortunately, he and Patrick Tibbetts got into it uh, late in the race. And... He got into to Patrick, spun him out, and it was like this huge wreck. Like, the seas parted. Cars went everywhere. Everybody kept it running straight. They were wrecked. There was a wreck. And as the announcer said, Aaron, he goes, well, that was a wreck that they just decided to cancel. So the caution never came out, and Kyle Gravel was able to hold off Scott Weston and pick up the win. Luke Peters, the winner, Taylor Hoare in fourth, and Jeffrey Martin rounding out the top five. And then they ran their non-winners race, the Marvin uh, Marvin Johnson Memorial for non-winners. Zach Audette picked up the win in a last lap duel with Taylor Hoare to win that. So a great showing at Thunder Road again. Um, I encourage any of my listeners here, if you have Flow Racing and you're looking for a good racing product to watch on there, uh, Thursday nights at Thunder Road and Friday nights at Stafford. Uh, we did we watched Thunder Road over Stafford. Sorry, Stafford. Sorry, Ben Dodge. Um, but Thunder Road is my childhood, so I go back there. Um, of course, if you have Flow Racing, you can go back and watch all the action, and you can uh, you can go back and see some of this great racing stuff. And I cannot wait to get up to Thunder Road uh, to see Brad Keselowski race uh, the Governor's Cup up there in a couple of weeks. 
Um, so we'll have coverage from that here in a few weeks. Uh, we will be doing a show next week uh, to cover the Clyde Hart Memorial. Unfortunately, uh, right after the Southern Super Series race is done on the 9th, we are hightailing it to 95, heading north to Vermont. Uh, so we will be on the road slash in Vermont for that week. And just uh, we, we won't have a way or the means or the energy to do a show. So we will have like a two-week, we'll have a mega show when we get back. So we will be taking a week off after the Southern Super Series race and then back with a huge show to recap everything that that, that we missed and everything that had happened in, on the next one. So uh, bear with us on that. Sponsors, um, sorry there won't be a show that week, but I think you all understand. Uh, I want to thank American Auto, 124 Welling and Fav, Never Give Up with Andy Morrison, uh, Jeff White Racing, Ken Copley Racing, uh, 70 Motorsports, Doug Samian, and Bromley Motorsports for your continued support. Big thank you to Speedway Video for being awesome as always. Thank you to all of our listeners. Um, you guys are the best, and I hope you enjoyed this show. And a uh, big thank you again to Uniel Diaz for coming on board. Um, with that said, Clyde Hart Memorial this coming weekend. We'll cover whatever is able to race here in Florida. Got more Thunder Road. We got two Thunder Road races to watch this week. Plus NASCAR Road America, which I'll be honest with you, I'm not too stoked for that. Um, I, I hope I, I, I hope it's a good race. Of course, uh, we'll talk about it, but I don't have too high hopes for it. Not the biggest fan of that track. I think it's too big for NASCAR. Um, yeah, good show here. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back to talk about everything that happens this week on next week's show. All right, everybody, take care, and we will see you at the racetrack.